Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we focus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. Hey everybody, you're here listening to the Planter Podcast, where we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. Today is going to be yet a, another amazing topic. Um, I've noticed a lot of you or some of you have been saying that you're interested in learning more about mental health and I am the person that will deliver that information for you. So today we're going to actually talk about ways to maintain your mental health. I feel like it's an important topic, especially for those of us who are in the church and even just anybody listening, even if you're not. Um, to learn about mental health and learn how to maintain it. So I'm not going to just be speaking about this myself. I have an amazing guest that I would like to introduce to you all, and her name is Jalen Smith. Oh, thank you. I like the word amazing. Yeah, because <laughs> you are amazing. Yeah, I hardly hear it, but I appreciate it, definitely. Oh. So thank you so much for having me. No problem, no problem. So uh, please tell us about yourself, Jalen who are you? What do you do? So I am a Christian. I am an author. I've written five books. Um, and the first three are more of a fiction kind of very intensely emotional fiction. And the most current books, including my favorite, Be Anxious for Nothing, are more about um, faith and Christian lifestyle uh, type topics. Be Anxious for nothing specifically dealing with anxiety, depression, and the church. All right. Thank you so much. And congratulations on writing five books. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate that. <laughs> hard, hard work. It's yes. hard work. Yes, I can only imagine. So can you tell us about uh, how did you get involved with um, talking about mental health topics? Well, I actually have anxiety disorder. I have depression, um, clinical depression, and I, I also uh, suffered from PTSD and um, dissociative disorder. Um, so I have a lot of mental health concerns um, that I monitor on a regular and consistent basis and do really fairly well. They call me actually someone who has functioning anxiety disorder. Um, and I'm also a Christian. So I dealt with a lot of the stigma and confusion and misconception from the church pretty early on. Um, and my coping skills weren't all that great, but they're a lot better now. So, Well, thank you so much for sharing with us and being so open. And I definitely know that this conversation is going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, I know that a lot of people will be able to relate and yeah, learn something. You're going to be educated. You're going to tell us well, what it is. <laughs> well, I hope so. I am definitely known for being extremely direct. So yeah. hopefully that bodes well for oh, you today. Perfect. Just what the planner needs. It's perfect. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay, so let's get right into the topic. So what are some common misconceptions that people have about mental health, especially for those of us who are in the church? 
I think it's really more of a trivialization versus a mental, uh, like a, a con misconception rather. So a lot of people assume that like daily anxieties are the same as diagnosed that uh, anxiety disorder or, or that depression that can occur due to an event is the same as clinical depression. Um, and they also, you know, just don't believe that what, you know, people who have these disorders are experiencing is actually real um, and needs continuous monitoring and treatment. So it's really more about not understanding uh, mental health versus, you know, having any sort of a stigma against it. They also have, you know, a concern for people who have um, more prominent disorders like bipolar mania or schizophrenia. There's really just a common misunderstanding of what those illnesses are and how they can affect behavior and spirituality. So, okay. Um, yeah, because per personally for me, I don't know the difference between clinical depression and depression by an, an event or functional anxiety. I personally don't know that information. And, you know... Well, it's Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. Uh, it's a pretty simple concept. Depression mm -hmm. usually follows some sort of an, an event. Someone passes away, you have a breakup, you lose your job, and the feeling of depression is very heavy. When you have clinical depression, what will happen is, is that feeling can occur regardless of where you are in your life. You could actually be doing very well, have you know, a wonderful job and wonderful family and you know your your Christian walk is really well and you can still have those same feelings um, and they're overwhelming at times it can make you go to just basically want to go to sleep curl up in a ball and not move even though there's nothing wrong per se and anxiety disorder basically is when you have daily anxieties okay my 17 year old for example has a car that's something to be concerned about you know it sometimes it worries me. I pray about that and I'm fine. But anxiety disorder isn't something you can shut off with prayer. It's something that is consistent and not necessarily provoked by any one particular thing. And I think that's kind of the main difference that people don't understand. Well, thank you for educating me on that because um, I had no clue. And, you know, I'm interested to learn, so that's one thing. But I know sometimes the church can be a little bit hesitant. Um, why do you think the church is a bit hesitant in understanding and knowing these differences? Because there are people in the church that have these issues. So why do you think we're not speaking up about it too much or wanting to learn about it? I really think that the issue is that because mental health is really an individualized treatment plan, in other words, there are some similarities between, you know, what works for most people, um, but everyone kind of has to go on their own journey through their mental health to find out what, what works best for them. There's no overarching general theme that maybe a pastor or a church can cover that would address it. And then also a lot of times I think because the words mental illness or mental health are not expressly written in the Bible, you know, people just don't know how to spiritually reconcile the fact that someone has something that they don't have a, a mention for in the word. 
And then you see that with like a lot of different things, like um, a lot of things that are confusing. And one church says, yes, it's fine. Another church says, no, it's, it's sin. Like the things that aren't written down in stone in the Bible, people have a hard time grasping and they don't have an easy time speaking to that from a spiritual perspective. But really there's plenty of biblical principle and a lot of things that God and Jesus have said specifically about managing our day-to-day lives that really apply to mental health and people don't know how to tap into that. So I think it's really just a misunderstanding and a confusion overall about what to say that keeps people silent about it all the way, you know, all together. Oh, I think that's really interesting, um, especially the fact of there's no mention of it in the in the word itself. Like there's nothing that says on mental health. But you're right. Like I know that Jesus talks about anxiety, that be anxious about nothing. Well, hence your book. <laughs> yeah. um, you know that we can't worry. We shouldn't worry about tomorrow, that today has its own worries. But yeah, that means in order for us to or I think in order for us to kind of learn about this topic, we have to be open to actually learning. Um, sometimes we don't have an answer and I think sometimes, uh, for us who are in the church, we always want to have an answer for something. And sometimes we just don't know. Like, that's that's right. Yeah. We just don't know. And, you know, um, I feel like we should be a little bit more open to just learning from that individual and then allowing God to kind of direct us on how to, um, go about, uh, helping that individual. Because I know for me in my church, back at home never have i ever heard the word uh, mental <laughs> illness mental health never i went to that church for like over 10 years and you know you see some little behaviors here and there in the church you don't say nothing you know what i'm saying but we never talk about it and but i think that's also more of a cultural thing so i'm nigerian yeah. and you know we don't really talk about mental health we think Honestly, a lot of Nigerians feel like it's an American issue that that doesn't exist. But I went to Nigeria and I saw a lot, okay, on the streets. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? And I'm like, so what you going to say about that? So What's funny is it's the same exact thing is is happening in African American culture. Um if you really you talk to the typical, I'd say African American family, there isn't a conversation about mental health. When I tell you my uh, my family is so full of anxiety disorder and clinical depression and people who take their medicine with alcohol I it is astounding but no one has ever really had that conversation until I was born and they couldn't shut me up so it's definitely you know there's different cultures have this idea that if they don't talk about it it'll go away but actually that Silence is only perpetuating the problem and making it worse. Exactly. But alcohol, though, with the drugs, Jalen, really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, no, I've got a family, family of alcoholics. And my mother wasn't an alcoholic, but, um, but definitely, you know, there was alcoholism in the family. And that, that perpetuated the problem. You know, you, you can't take your, your anxiety medicine with a bottle of Jack. That's just, it doesn't work. So once we got to, you know, have that conversation with people, a lot, my family actually has, uh, my uncle uh, was 
clinically, he had clinical depression. He came out for Thanksgiving and he went home and shot himself. So, you know, the silence is really the most horrible thing about, you know, these cultural problems is that no one is opening their mouth to say, there's something that's not normal with me and I don't know how to fix it. And if I think if more people said that, we'd have a lot healthier of a spiritual and a home environment. Wow, that was heavy. I'm really sorry about you. Sorry. No, it's fine, Thanks. girl. That's okay. That's okay. I'm really sorry about that. And wow, yeah. I um I think my well not my experience or my experience with somebody who had depression. Um, yeah, my friend had it for like three years and just didn't say anything, and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she actually was on this podcast um, about a year ago um, and she speaks about her experience. But if you saw her, you would have never have guessed anything. But inside, yeah. like when she was describing how she felt, I was like, wow. And I had no idea. I You couldn't yeah. see the signs. You couldn't see anything. And I think now it's really a lot of hindsight. A lot of people from the church that I grew up in have read the book and they're like, oh, well, that explains it, you know, because I was a, a, a teenager with these issues. So it, it, it's a lot more present in your teenage years. It's still hidden, but it's a lot more present in your teenage years because of the lack of coping skills. But the older you get, the more you, you settle into these coping mechanisms that make it almost impossible for other people to see, you know, what it is that you're dealing with which is really just making your mental health problem worse. Talking about it and talking about it and talking about it more actually eases that burden and it actually makes it a lot better. But but people are scared to do that because of either A, the fear of the unknown or B, they've had an experience where they told someone, hey, this is my problem. And that person trivialized it and said, oh, you just need to pray or you, know, you just need to read more scripture and it's like let me tell you people who have mental health issues and love jesus at the same time are reading a lot more scripture and doing a lot more praying because of the isolation that you're placed in when you're not actively handling your mental health so uh, it just makes you feel like okay i'm i'm doing all this praying and reading all this scripture and there's still an issue why isn't god fixing me and it makes you very um, scared and afraid to open your mouth and tell someone that because you're afraid they're going to see you as this, this giant sinner. And um, so it's, it's important to open your mouth because that's really the only way that the problem starts to fix or you start to get to a place of health. So you better preach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like one thing that I cannot stand is when people are going through an issue and we just say, like, an issue and we just say, oh, just pray about it. Like, sometimes, yes, that can be the answer, but sometimes there has to be action that has to be taken uh, when somebody right. is coming to you with an issue. Like, right. I, I mean, it's the so Bible weird. says faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you believe that God is a healer, then, you know, then where is that healing? And I, I remember praying that God would, heal me of anxiety disorder and depression. And God told me specifically, I'm not going to heal you, but I will give you health. And that's a 
much more valuable tool to me right now. I could have been healed instantly from anxiety disorder and depression, but but then what would be the value? I would not value myself and my body and my mind the way that I do now had I received that immediate healing. And I see God's plan in giving me daily health as opposed to just saying, oh, I'm just going to eliminate it from you altogether. Right, I hear you because he's using, uh, you know, I guess, quote unquote, this thorn in your side as another mm-hmm. way of bringing glory to him. Because now you're able to share your experiences with millions of people through books and, you know, through this podcast or in, and whatever avenue that you use. So they can listen to it and then also be helped. Like people can be restored by what you, you said. You know, I want to say to people that, you know, God is very capable of healing somebody ASAP. He's Absolutely. a God that can do it ASAP. But right. there may be some reasons in which he, I don't know, keeps that thorn in your side. Because you never know mm. what it could be produced from that ailment that you have or whatever you're battling with, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. weakness yeah. you have. I know maybe somebody's like, oh, but no, sickness isn't of God and this and another. And I, 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 you know, hey, I feel you. But sometimes how do we explain things like for like you're saying that you've prayed, you, you read your Bible probably more than most of us, but it still hasn't gone away. So then what do we say about that? Yeah, Because you I don't know? think that that healing is not always I, I, and I talk about it in the book, book a little bit that there's a few different ways you can be healed. The first way is immediate. God can just remove it from your life. And that is a testimony to God's greatness. The second way is through a process. And the third way is death. There's there's three ways that you can be healed. And I think that more often than not, we turn our backs on the process of healing because we we don't like to actually have to do the work that it requires to keep that process going. So I'm still healed and I walk in my healing every day. I appreciate my health more because I'm conscious of what it takes to keep myself healthy and God shows me his mercy and love every single morning. And I think when we turn that around to say, oh, well, I still have anxiety disorder and depression. And instead of saying that, we're saying, no, God is working through me every day and showing me his goodness in my life. Because today I managed my triggers. Today I was able to journal effectively. Today I went to group and I shared my experience with someone else and they felt better. That health is so much more valuable than we give it credit for. We're only crediting healing as, a, as an instant and spontaneous thing. But that, that second, that process of healing is so much more valuable, I think, um, in some cases, because it, it shows you God's mercy and goodness all the time. Like every day I'm grateful when I don't have an anxiety attack. I see God working, you know, through me and in me in that process and i'm extremely inexpressibly grateful for that okay wow sorry no <laughs> i no i'm saying that i've never thought of um i guess healing in that way before like a light bulb yeah. just kind of went off like <laughs> i mean light bulbs <laughs> don't really make sounds but yeah wow that's an awesome way to look at something or look at that that's amazing so thank you for sharing that. You really brought a lot of, uh, how would I say, understandings, the word, you know, wisdom. 
you know. <laughs> I'll pick it. Thank I'm you. getting positive vibes around here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, just trying to stay with the times. Trying to stay with the Sorry. times. <laughs> right, all the words. Sorry. Yeah, buzzwords you have to use. Oh Lord. Okay, so this is an amazing conversation, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, "Oh wow, you're so right." So, how do we upkeep or maintain our mental health on a regular basis, and especially for those of us who are busy? So, I'm speaking to the people well, who are busy. You know, how do we? Well, I, I think, I think that being busy really is a distraction from your mental health. That's usually how that goes. You keep busy because if you stop moving, um, then you realize that you're having an anxiety attack. So I think that one of the things that you can always do that's super simple is keep a journal and a pen with you. It can be a regular notebook. It doesn't have to be an expensive, fancy journal. And in any moment where you have free time and it's prayer or meditation time, journal. Write down what your thoughts are, how you're feeling. Get all of that out because it is imperative that we do so. Also, pretending we don't have time when we spend most of our day on social media is a distraction that we create ourselves. You can take at least 10, 15 minutes of that time to really sit down and meditate on God's word and who he is. Um, and you can also take that time to decompress. There is, there is a period in everyone's day where they're not doing something productive and instead of utilizing that time um, by distracting ourselves with social media, you, you can use that time to focus in on how you are as a human being. Never get too busy to take care of yourself, um, even if that's 10 minutes a day. Exercise always is a uh, proven method that helps with uh, social anxiety, depression, those sorts of things. So the time that you're spending working out that is actually good for your mental health. So um, watching what you eat is good for your mental health, avoiding those junk foods, fast foods, caffeine. So really the same care that you take in making your body the temple is the same care that you're doing to maintain your mind um, for the sake of keeping yourself together. All right. You said the time that you wasted on social media, you can be invested in yourself. That's what you said. Girl. I did. I, as much as so, look, and I said that with you know a YouTube channel, and 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 I'm not mm -hmm. saying that you can cut it out of your life because of you know that's a part of you know what we interact. But definitely, you can take ten minutes of that time and put it on you. Like you need that time for yourself. So I hear you. I think something that's been revolutionary for me, um, in regards to keeping my peace and really growing closer to God is journaling. So I am mm -hmm. a big advocate, like big advocate for journaling because, man, it's just something about putting your thoughts on paper and really thinking deeply right. and just pouring out. You know, words are one mm -hmm. thing, but writing, man, it's a powerful tool. It is a powerful yeah. tool. And it, and with, a you know, not on typing, not, you know, not just old school pen to paper, it really does release a lot of that. Like, I don't know, it just releases all of the energy that you put into being negative. It puts it down and you're like, wow. And then you can look back and say, I, I didn't think I was going to make it on Tuesday. Like, this was the worst day ever, but it's Thursday now and I'm okay. So 
there is that light, that hope that that journaling gives you when you do make it through those rough patches. Like it, it I love journaling. And obviously journal, because I journaled myself through an entire book. And that's so I completely am an advocate as well. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So if someone feels that they are struggling with depression or anxiety or any other health issue, where can they get help? Well, there's a, there's a lot of resources online. I think the, the, the fastest way to find out if you're just dealing with a temporary or a more permanent problem um, is Psychology Today. It's a website, it has a, it's, has a couple of free uh, tests that you can take to say, is this regular anxiety, is this anxiety disorder, is this clinical depression versus is this regular depression? Um, if you have a job and you have an employee assistance program at work, um, they generally will offer you a, a few free sessions per year um, and I say, take advantage of that there. You know, the Bible says to, to seek wisdom and to talk to people who are wise. So um, obviously people who have that psych, you know, psychological education can give you some insight as to whether you're going through a temporary struggle or you really need to be, you know, dive deep into, you know, your mental health. So um, those are free options. Uh, there are also other um, paid options. Honestly, the best and fastest free option you have is talking to someone. And and whether that be a friend or a family member, um, open your mouth and tell them there's a problem. Because if they know that there's a problem, even if they don't have the solution, they can help you research to find the answer. Um, But if you don't have that support system, Psychology Today is a really good place to start. It's where I started years ago. And it also gives a lot of information. And the, the information actually helps you to understand what you're dealing with a little bit better so you don't feel that fear or concern about what could possibly go wrong. All right. Um, I'll probably link that below. So you said psychology today, right? Right, exactly. It's just, a, I think they have a, um, a magazine, but they also have a website. It's psychologytoday.com, I believe. And they uh, they have some little quizzes and tests that you can take. Doesn't cost a dime, and it, it asks you some questions about anxiety that a clinical psychologist would normally ask you in their intake. And it gives you clues to whether you need to seek help. And then it also links people to um, licensed therapists in their area uh, that may be able to help them out. Oh, that's perfect. And I'd like to also say that for those of us who are in in college still or even grad school, um, your campus probably offers um, a therapist or a group of therapists that you can speak to for free. So that's also another great resource. I mean, I know somebody told me um, that, oh, it's really good to see a therapist, even if you may not be suffering from or struggling with depression or anxiety or any mental illness. It's just good to speak to somebody. And it's good to speak to somebody who you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think, yeah. and I, and I tell people all the time, I pay for the confidentiality. Honestly, it's about getting everything out. And sometimes there are things that you really can't immediately share with friends and family, um, that you can tell this therapist with no judgment and they literally, you know, are listening to you and, and there to help you. I mean, it, it's, it's just astounding at how simple it is to go to someone, you think, Oh, I can't open up to a stranger. 
but it's like, I don't have to see this person again. And even if I do see them again, they can't say anything. No, having that peace of mind to know that you can pour yourself out to um, a person um, about how you're feeling is really valuable and they can talk back to you. And, and I think it really mirrors prayer, but you're not praying to this person. You're just spilling your guts. So it's, it's really nice, a nice thing to do in general, I think. I'm a big advocate of that. Spilling your guts. Spilling <laughs> <Right>. your guts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge advocate of just talking. That's why I made the podcast. Basically, to talk. I, and it's a good podcast, too. I actually listened to a lot of your previous um, podcast, and I was like, oh, this is good. Like, Thank I'm really excited you. for real. So, oh my yeah. God. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah um yeah i'm a big advocate of speaking out i think Mm -hmm. you know god bless my mom like that was one thing that she allowed me to do to conversate so i'm never really Mm -hmm. afraid to express myself and what i'm feeling and nor do i hide how i'm feeling because i hate that oh i think that's one of the issues too you have to kind of hide how you feel so if you're upset you know it's like people want you to be happy 24 7 but it's not possible so you have to like right. put up a face of happiness mm-hmm. and that you're not sad and all this rubbish and me mm. yeah. i will tell you i'm upset why are you upset because of this this and this or if i don't want to see nobody i'm not gonna see nobody i don't try to hide right. my feelings like and you know, i think that you have to say something to someone tangible I mean, God gave us each other. Like, you you got to talk. And I always tell people, if the first person you tell about what you're going through doesn't give you a good response, go tell somebody else. And, yep. and keep telling somebody until someone understands what you're saying and hears you in a positive way. It is not going to hurt you to be honest about who you are and how you're feeling. I mean, I'm not saying go tell people your life secrets, but you do need to tell people how you're feeling. It's okay to feel the way you feel. It's you, And anyone who invalidates that is not worth having a second conversation with. Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, I know because sometimes when you want to tell somebody something and you don't get any, like a positive response, it can kind of make you feel like, oh, well, I'll never say this again. But no, keep speaking. Even yes. for me too, true, I keep speaking. Whatever I'm feeling, um, I just I feel like it's just always important to be transparent, and it's it's healing. Yeah, I agree. It's so healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we're having this great conversation, and I think we should bring it back to the church now. So, how can the church, or even friends and family, um, respond better to those of us who have identified having some kind of mental illness? Well, I think the easiest thing to remember is that if you don't know um, what someone is going through, that's completely and perfectly okay. And, and I think that you need to be honest with whoever it is. Well, I'm not really, you know, versed or I don't really understand this topic. And then take the time to educate yourself. Um, even, and I know that I'm working with the church now in Phoenix, um, who actually has a mental health ministry, which is quite shocking and amazing at the same time. And they're getting support groups together so that people who all have the same, um, you know, thoughts and feelings can talk to each other and help each other through it. So 
Um, I think that churches can implore uh, support groups. I mean, you have the singles ministry, you have the couples ministry. You, you've already got the framework where people who have the same issues are grouped together now um, just add mental health. I, I don't think it's, I think we're making it way too complicated. Um, but if you are someone who doesn't have a mental health issue and you don't understand it, just be willing to learn and listen. And, you know, if you do that, then you will lift the weight off of someone's shoulders potentially and put them in a really good, good place. Oh, that's great. The idea of a support group, like, yeah, that's brilliant because you're right. We already have different support groups for this and for that, for marriage and for single. Honestly, more for like singles and then for married people mm-hmm. and then for teens and you know that's basically as far as it goes. But yeah, that's an excellent idea. So any churches who are listening or people who are part of you know board members of, of your church, you know, think about that. That's a that's a really yeah. good idea. I wow. think so. I think it's amazing. I mean, and it's so simple. I don't know why we never thought of it before, but it, it actually is really simple to do. So I think people, if they would implore that concept, and then there, you know, there's trainings for mental health, you know, kind of all over. And I know Psychology Today has some of them as well, but um, there's some trainings that people can attend if they want to be, you know, trained on mental health. I know there's like for people who will suffer like sexual abuse, there's mending the soul. Um, there's a lot of different avenues. You just have to be willing to do the research to find what works and what your church really needs. Because if you find out what their greatest need is grief, you know, you I'm sure you can find, find the material you need to support that group so that they can have a weekly meeting or what have you, a monthly meeting, whatever it is, give them some some sort of support. Spiritually speaking, we're here to edify each other. So if you put us together in a group, then there's the edification process. It starts almost instantly. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh! I'm like, <laughs> why? What is wrong with this girl? But no, that that's all. That's a that's no. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, what was I gonna say? Hmm. Sorry, I'm a talk. I know I'm a no, talk. No, it's good. Trust me, it's good. Less talking for me. So <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I'm still getting used to uh, conversating with people. And, you know, sometimes I get a little nervous when I talk, but it's fine. And especially when somebody talks and they have a lot to say, it makes it so much easier for me to just be like, oh, okay. You know. Well, that's good news because I always have a lot to say. So I guess I'm in the right place. No, nah, you're in the <laughs> perfect place. Yeah, because there's one thing about pulling teeth, like just trying to ask questions upon questions upon questions upon questions because the person really ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> yeah. That's not that great. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, yeah, I bet. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us, uh, how can we stay in contact with you? Where can we find your book? How can we know well, Jason? <laughs> That's pretty simple. So I have a lot of different uh, avenues of contact. Um, I do have a Facebook page. It's Be Anxious for Nothing, which is the title of uh, my book. And my book's actually available on Amazon. If you search for Be Anxious for Nothing, I'm not the Joyce Myers one. I'm the one right underneath it. Um, You can also search by my name, which is Jaylynn, J-A-Y-L-Y-N-N, last name Smith. 
Sanders Feller. As far as uh, Twitter is concerned, I'm at Judah Shell, J-U-D-A-H-S-H-A-L-L. And I'm also Judah Shell on Instagram. I'm also Judah Shell on YouTube. So I try and keep it consistent. You can follow me on all of those avenues. My YouTube channel actually launches September the 14th. And I'll be doing like a mental health minute where I'll be talking about mental health and kind of some daily challenges and resources to help those who have mental health problems and also um, to kind of go with um, some just general tips for everybody that they can come together. So that's actually coming, but the channel is already active and I'm doing some free channel type things now. So if you want to subscribe to that, that's also a way to keep in contact with me. Yay, yay for the YouTube, yay for everything. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Ooh, I like that. That's I'm excited. So I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's new, you know, getting into Avenue of YouTube. And it's a, it was a little scary because, you know, you don't want people to look at you all day. But, you know, it's about time that I really put myself out there because I think it's important for people to see what mental health looks like when it's when it's managed well. Um, and there's a lot of people managing it really well. So I'll have guests on there and everything just to kind of keep everything flowing. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited. So that's going to be awesome. Um, do you have any other advice that you think people should know in regards to maintaining their mental health or anything that we've spoken about? Honestly, I think it's really just kind of all of what we've said. It's about It's about being willing to be open about what's going on um, and communicating, you know, how you feel, even if that's just on paper in a journal. So that's honestly all I, I can say any other than what's already been said. All right. Well, thank you, Jalen, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that as well. Of course. You've given us so much words of wisdom and you know i've been so transparent and yeah that changes lives so definitely keep doing what you're doing thanks and thank you so much all right well planter family this is it do y'all even like that word planter family i don't know what to name like the people who listen to my <laughs> to my podcast i, I like it Pla- planter family sounds good to <laughs> oh, me <laughs> my friend says planties and i'm just like mm. I don't know about that one. No. <laughs> She's like, hey, no. That's how she sounds. <laughs> Juvie, where you at, girl? I know you listen. Planties <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> But okay, <laughs> we'll stick with Plants and Family. But thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode. I really hope that it was beneficial to you. Um, I pray that if you do need help, that you do seek the help that you and I will be linking everything or all the resources that Jalen spoke about below the show notes. And you already know the deal. You can find The Planter on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, at The Planter. So that's T-H-E-P-L-A-N-N-T-E-R. I'm always willing to speak to you guys and conversate and, you know, just have conversations, you know what else oh yeah the survey guys fill out the survey um you know just want to get an understanding of what you all are looking for in regards to the planner so linked right below this episode you can actually listen to it 
or not listen to it doing the survey you can take the survey as you're listening to this podcast so you get you can hit two birds with one stone so it's a great opportunity so please fill that out and you also have the chance of winning that 25 dollar but thank you guys so much for listening thank you Dylan, for being on the show yes ma'am and thank you thank you and guys i will speak to you